Welcome once again to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. I am Chris Levine, and I will be your host again this time around. On this episode, we will be covering the phenomenon known as toxic masculinity. Be a man. My job is to bring home the money. Your job is to raise the kids. If I cheat on you, it's not my fault. I'm just a man. Men are doctors, women are nurses. Boys, don't cry. Did you change your hair? Get your nails done? I didn't notice because I'm a man. Boys will be boys. Toxic masculinity. The Very Well Mind website defines it this way. It says, toxic masculinity isn't just about behaving like a man. Instead, it involves the extreme pressure some men may feel to act in a way that is actually harmful. Now, there are many definitions of toxic masculinity, and many researchers have come to agree that toxic masculinity has three core components. Here's what they are, according to this article. Number one, toughness. This is the notion that men should be physically strong emotionally callous, and behaviorally aggressive. The second one, anti-femininity. This involves the idea that men should reject anything that is considered to be feminine for themselves, such as showing emotion or accepting help or directions. The third one, Power. This is the assumption that men must work toward obtaining power and status socially and financially for one main reason, to gain the respect of others. Does any of this sound familiar to you? Well, it does. It permeates society quite a bit. How about some pop culture examples of this? In Citizen Kane, Charles Foster Kane is the definition of a toxic man. Uh, Focused on his own success to the point of ruin, he's completely abusive to everyone in his path and everyone in his life. And what's interesting about this toxic masculinity is that it can happen even if the stereotype is tweaked somewhat. You know, you don't have to be the, the brawny guy on the paper towels for you to have this issue. Here's an example. The character Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory. Now, he's by no means a stereotypical man's man, right? But he constantly degrades most female characters and believes that there's no way that they could be as smart as he is. So this somewhat, one might say, effeminate male character still has some pretty massive toxic masculinity traits. Here's an interesting phenomenon, and we're going to spend some time here. 80s pop metal. 
it was literally and figuratively drunk on toxic masculinity. No punches were pulled. I personally think that's one reason that the bigger 90s alt-rock bands were so refreshing to so many people. It's like all of a sudden the artist seemed to not only appreciate a woman's beauty, but her mind too. Before that, especially in the 1980s, it seemed that pretty much none of the hard rockers cared that much about their minds, for the most part. I say for the most part because you know what happened? Something happened among the world of 80s glam metal that made many people sit up and take notice. The power ballad. The power ballad took hold. Sure, these were nothing new. They were in the 70s too. But in metal? Oh my. Power ballads became the antidote to toxic masculinity, even if it was short-lived or it wore off. <laughs> Do you guys remember when they released the television compilation of these in the 90s called Monster Ballads? They taught us how to live. They taught us how to love. Monster Ballads, because every bad boy has a soft side. Do you remember that? I'm sure it's on YouTube. The thing was and is that these songs, honestly, you take away the imagery or the things that make you uncomfortable with the hair or the clothes, these songs were often really, really good. And you know what? Many of them have held up extremely well. To me, that whole 80s glam metal movement is so perplexing when it comes to toxic masculinity. Think about it. A lot of these guys wore spandex, women's clothes, had very large hairsprayed long hair, often permed or crimped, and many wore makeup. But no one ever seemed to question their masculinity. And guys love this music as well as the girls that love the bands. How did this happen? Well, the score had a piece on this. Uh, notice what it says. It says, our basic primal nature is to get attracted by something which is different and shocking. These image conscious men actually got inside the psyche of women and gave them what their subconscious really wanted. Something pretty and something that no one else has, thus becoming the guilty pleasure which no amount of normal men in bands could ever hope of competing with. Well, what about to men? What was the attraction? Well, to men, these guys were just out there partying nonstop, surrounded by women, to such an extent that most guys took absolutely no issue with the lipstick and the eyeshadow in the 1980s. So, on one hand, they were the poster boys for toxic masculinity, while at the same time, they were using women's beauty products. This tells me something. There is no specific type of male that makes a toxic masculinity male easily identifiable as far as their appearance alone. Now, 
as you guys know, if you've listened to the show before, if you haven't, welcome. But if we're just getting to know each other, I, I lived in Southern California during the whole glam metal thing. And while you couldn't tell by looking at me, I loved it. I loved pretty much all of it. A lot of those people were and are very, very talented. And they could write hooks in songs that you used to only be able to get by paid songwriters. So I show zero disrespect to this genre. In fact, do you notice that I didn't call it hair bands or hair metal? I hate those terms. You can laugh, if you will, at what you want to call a hair band. But in most cases, I challenge you with this. Play their guitar solos. Can you? Almost every glam metal song had one. Could you play it? If not, you may want to rethink the disrespect. Now, I am not a huge fan of the often misogynistic lyrics, don't get me wrong, but the talent is there and should be acknowledged. That, though, also brings up an interesting thought, too. Glam rock was almost never viewed as masculine as glam metal was. Yeah, it, it, to some degree it was, but it was the same makeup. In fact, glam metal was even more extreme with makeup in a lot of ways, but it just was viewed more masculinely, if that's a word. It was viewed differently. Look, for example, let's just keep it in the 80s. Let's look, for example, at a picture of Boy George from Culture Club circa 1985, right? Then look at a picture of Vince Neil of Motley Crue circa 1985. The amount of makeup is not that different. Now, your red-blooded American male would have no issue wearing the Motley Crue Theater of Pain tour shirt with all four of them in makeup. No second thought. But would that same guy wear the Culture Club shirt? I doubt it. Now, some may say, well, it's because the music is different, but it's not just the music, which true, it's part of it. But the blatant toxic masculinity of that era of glam metal essentially canceled out all of the femininity. Isn't that interesting? Glam metal reassured the males in the audience that they were hyper masculine. Yes, a really poppy band like Poison saying that every rose has its thorn. But just in case you needed reassurance that they were toxic males, listen to the rest of the songs on the record, and then that will calm your machismo nerves. Warrant was another band. They cleared up any doubt that they were the overly sensitive band that released the song Heaven by eventually releasing the song Cherry Pie. They all kept proving their stereotypically manliness to such extreme extents that the makeup was just kind of a non-issue. The hard part is loving the era's songs, which I do, while not always loving the messages in the songs. It's kind of interesting. Does it make a guy masculinely toxic by singing along to pour some sugar on me in their car? I don't know. But what I do know is this, those of us that are males choose to be respectful, choose to be gentlemen, and can choose to rock. It's on us.
we can be the best males we can be. It's our call. So I, I, you know, I guess this is my final thought. All this tells me that toxic masculinity, it isn't a look. It's not dirt bike racing. It's not drinking a particular kind of beer. One guy can look totally conventional and be totally sexist, while another guy may look tougher, but may be the most respectful person to women that you've ever met. It's an attitude. It's essentially a vibe and a culture. Okay, how about we close with this? You simply can't judge potential toxic masculinity by its album cover. We once again have arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist that proves that every bad boy has a soft side. Yes, they taught you how to live. They taught you how to love. You know what? My wife should be very happy about that because apparently they taught me how to love. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast, Power Ballads, The Antidote, to Toxic Masculinity Playlist. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Power Ballads, The Antidote to Toxic Masculinity. So if you want to put your lighters in the air, be my guest. Here's the songs. Track number one is Without You by Motley Crue. Number two is the band Slaughter with Fly to the Angels. Number three, Bringing on the Heartbreak by Def Leppard. Number four is Bon Jovi with I'll Be There For You. Song number five is Great White and their song Save Your Love. All of this feels like the 11th grade for me. These are good songs, guys. Number six, Cinderella with Don't Know What You Got Till It's Gone. Number seven, Britney Fox with their song Long Way to Love. Number eight, an extremely powerful ballad by Dokken called Alone Again. Number nine, classic Aerosmith song. For, for it being that late in their career, it's really cool that they still wrote songs like this. Aerosmith with What It Takes. And number 10, this is my personal favorite Van Halen song of all time. I kind of gravitate more toward the Dave era. Of all the songs that band had ever written and released, this one is my absolute favorite from their Women and Children first record. It's called In a Simple Rhyme. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast dash Power Ballads, the antidote to toxic masculinity. We would like to welcome some new listeners to our little show. Our demographics report shows that this was a huge week for new diversity. Listen to this. We have brand new listeners in the United States, in Riverside, California and in Portland, Oregon. Welcome. Also, we can welcome new listeners in Central Visayas in the Philippines. I hope I pronounced that right. If I didn't, I apologize. 
And we also have two new places in Sweden checking us out. In Kronoberg, which according to my research is an inland county, uh, while the southernmost fringes are closer to the coastline. And also Stockholm County, which it looks like is on the Baltic coast of Sweden. Dude, welcome to Refresher. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you really get enjoyment from this. Listen, if you know people who you think could use a pick-me-up or really love music, do me a favor. Please continue to pass this podcast along to them. Uh, also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, if you would like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the support this podcast link under the episode description. Or an even easier way to do it is just go to our website. Our website for all things Refresher is at refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. You can go there for Refresher gear, t-shirts, fun things, as well as all of my books and links to friends of the show. That is refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. And I know you're not going to believe this, but you have to understand, not only is the song called A Day Late, but are you sitting down? It was written by Mr. John Villafuerte. Until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the pop culture therapy podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time. Rock on.